You're listening to the Quince podcast. After enforcing a ban on wheat exports, India announced some relaxations on 18th May. The surprise decision had led to a lot of chaos as hundreds of thousands of tons of wheat were reportedly left stranded at Gujarat's Kandla port after the ban was announced. But the new notification from the Ministry of Commerce has said, and I quote, "It has been decided that wherever the wheat consignments have been handed over to customs for examination and have been registered into their systems on or prior to 13th May 2022, such consignments would be allowed to be exported." Explaining its rationale behind prohibiting the export of wheat, the central government had said that it was committed to providing for the food security of India as well as other vulnerable countries that had been adversely affected by sudden disruptions in the global market for wheat. But in the aftermath of the ban, as the wheat prices soared to a record high, the ban drew criticism from G7 nations, which said that such moves would worsen the crisis of rising commodity prices. But even back at home, the jury is divided. While some are of the opinion that such a ban can impact India's credibility and is also harsh on farmers who could profit from the higher export prices, others say that it is needed to curb the rising prices in the country as severe heat waves have damaged crops. But to better understand the rationale behind the export ban and its likely implications on domestic and foreign markets, I spoke to Dipanshu Mohan, associate professor and director at the Center for New Economic Studies at the Jindal School of Liberal Arts and Humanities. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host Sakshat. So first, let me tell you a little more about the backdrop of why India took this decision. The move comes after the country recorded a huge crop loss in the aftermath of a severe heat wave in March. On the international front, the decision was taken amid the war in Ukraine, which had triggered a drop in the supply of wheat. among other commodities from the black sea thus creating a global food crisis as a result of the steep rise in global prices several farmers were selling their produce to traders instead of the government this might have worried the government with regard to buffer stocks of almost 20 million tons which were depleted amid the covid-19 pandemic required for handouts to millions of poverty stricken people and to ensure that a famine does not occur but the ban drew a big reaction although india is the second largest producer of wheat in the world just behind china In the wake of the Russia-Ukraine war, the demand for wheat has increased. Several countries were looking to New Delhi to enhance its exports in order to help tidy over the crisis. However, India's wheat production is expected to be lower than its estimates. As per reports, India's wheat production was around 109.59 million tons in the 2020 to 21 crop year from July to June. But the government has revised its estimates for the current crop year from the earlier projection of 111.32 million tons to 105 million tons due to the onset of early summer. As has been reported, the government's decision came as a disappointment for many who termed the move as being protectionist. But let's now move to our guest Dipanshu Mohan who will talk about the rationale behind the government's decision to prohibit wheat exports and how it is likely to impact domestic and foreign markets. Welcome Dipanshu Mohan to this episode of the Big Story podcast. Uh thank you thank you Dakshit for having me here. Right. So the decision to prohibit wheat exports has come at a time when India's consumer price inflation has hit an 8 year high of almost 7.8% in April. Retail food inflation on the other hand has surged even higher to reach almost 8.4%. 
How do you think the government's decision to prohibit wheat exports at this time will impact inflation further? Uh, I think to understand why inflation is a concern, uh, banning wheat exports uh, may not have a direct impact in uh, reducing the rise in surging prices. Uh, wheat is no is not the only uh, part of the food inflation. Uh, basket which is going up in in terms of higher prices from fuel to almost every other essential commodity that consumers purchase or consume uh, we're seeing a price rise um the the point on wheat ban uh, as you know uh, recently written and argued uh, is 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 uh, reflective of two things one if the government was really bothered about inflation uh, it could have gradually filtered wheat exports rather than resorting to a knee-jerk ban. Uh, this would have, or this could have taken, you know, the form of a, imposing a minimum export price, so not a, exporting a quantum of wheat unless and until there is uh, a particular price that another country is willing to pay. So a lot of our wheat exports were going to, let's say, Bangladesh. So if Bangladesh was promising a higher export price, we should have curtailed and limited our exports that way or imposed a tariff. Uh, you don't ban a commodity which is an essential sort of consumption uh, commodity for other countries as well because your credibility as an exporter gets hurt. Um, the other point which is important to mention here for your listeners is government procurement of wheat had also fallen mainly because farmers were getting higher prices uh, selling into private traders and exporters. So there was that, that concern that the more uh, farmers get a better price from private traders and exporters, they might not sell uh, a quantum of supply of wheat to the government, um, which meant that it, it was a, there was pressure on the government to increase its minimum support price, which is the MSP. Now, if you, what one would have anticipated in this, the prices of a particular good goes up, is that the government should automatically increase or adjust its MSP and offer a higher uh, let's say rupees 200 or 250 bonus uh, over the MSP to farmers. Um, they didn't do that. So I, it, it is actually quite bizarre uh, from, from purely basic sense of economic uh, rationale on why you would uh, impose such a strong ad hoc protectionist measure as against you know resorting to other ways and means that were possible. Right, so, so that brings me to my next question which is that opposition parties in the country have condemned the government's move as being anti-farmer. Now, according to you, what are the various ways in which farmers may be affected by the wheat ban? Um, so, I mean, the point on how farmers would be affected is very simple. Uh, if I am an entrepreneur producing a commodity for which I was getting a better price because there was a seasonal peak in demand, um, I would be waiting for that period because it allows me to maximize my revenue, um, or in other words, uh, get 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 a better price for the product that I have, or I've invested in putting so much of resources to produce. Um, and getting a better return is in the interest of every entrepreneur. What the government's move has done is it's almost uh, inhibited or restricted the farmer's ability uh, to get that better price. Now, which is quite uh, uh, you know, difficult to understand why, because there was an entire year of time when the whole debate around the new farm laws was being 
pitched at every sort of news corner and the government rhetoric was we are doing everything possible for the interest of farmers to get them quote unquote a better price uh, get them wider market access allow them the freedom to sell whatever they want at whatever price anywhere in the country or outside so then what happened uh, this was the time when those producing wheat had their moment uh, they were getting a better price for their product there wasn't any amount of coding uh, or any kind of restrictions or something what you can consider as deemed quote unquote illegal uh, that was happening um so it is the ban on export is an implicit tax on farmers by not allowing them to get a better price which they would otherwise have had what it also does is um, i mean the ban also reflects a very deep rooted consumer bias in india's trade policy um it is this consumer bias which you would see is indirectly becoming or has become anti farmer you know when farmers get getting a price for wheat in the open market that is 10% higher than the minimum support price why is you know the government not letting them take the benefit of improved market conditions um i mean if the government's interest is to augment or increase the double farmers income this is the way you actually increase your income by allowing them to get a better price um uh I, just just for your again for your listeners uh, we are always willing to pay that extra you know few rupees as an urban consumer for the, for the coffee we are getting at starbucks or what coffee we are getting at costa coffee or just any regular uh, coffee chain but for wheat or onion and tomatoes uh when where you know farmers really get the beating in terms of not having a better price distribution margin um why is there so much of a hue and cry which is created in trying to uh you know restrict their ability to get that get it that better price or get that better profit margin so there is there is i mean the the move signals the hypocrisy of i mean unparalleled magnitude of the current ruling dispensation and more importantly what is worrying is its policy outlook for india's farmers is not based again it's not learned its lessons from the farm laws of providing a consensus based deliberative model of undertaking the policy um, there is clear evidence that you know the government's aim to economically liberate farmers wasn't so much allow about allowing them greater market access to better prices uh, it was more about you know uh, thinking of consequentially independent approaches of getting things done uh, in ad hoc centralized manner right so uh speaking on the international front now the g7 countries have slammed india's move saying that it would worsen the global food crisis however even though india is the world's second largest producer of wheat it was never a big exporter owing to large domestic food needs as well as massive government subsidies on prices what do you think is the g7's rationale behind the criticism and how will india's move impact global markets uh see there are two points here one the first point is we have in our foreign policy outlook consistently echoed the need for india to do more at the global level um it's not just about food exports or the current crisis and india's sort of time uh, india's moment to to shine um and be that global player be, be that global important actor uh shaping relations with other countries uh india's been trying to do that in terms of its foreign policy positioning uh for for a good decade and especially the last 8 years under 
uh, Narendra Modi's uh, government, you've seen that assertive foreign policy push. What you expect in times like such as this is to walk the talk on what you're posturing uh, when it comes to your economic policy decision making. Um, the ban exports a degree of economic insecurity, clearly, because uh, India's monetary policy and fiscal policy failed to contain inflation. At this point of time, it may seem that inflation is largely a, a, you know, a problem which has been imported from the global inflationary spells. But if you look at the data, uh, wholesale price index was rising for straight 14-15 months. Um, consumer price index has been rising much from earlier mid of the last year. Uh, so this is not entirely a global uh, phenomena which is being imported into India. We were having issues with price distribution before as well and COVID didn't make things better. Um, this is the second occasion one has to understand that uh, uh, the, the Indian sort of export uh, orientation has been suddenly or in an ad hoc manner being affected. We did that with vaccines when we didn't vaccinate our own population and we decided to sort of export uh, vaccines made in India to many other developing countries. Again, a very noble gesture, welcome, but celebrated. But we did that at a time when we didn't think about our own citizens first. Um, and as a result, when the Delta variant was wrecking havoc all throughout the country and increasing mortality rates, we had to stop our exports to other countries, including the dismissal of existing contracts of um, vaccines that were promised to be delivered in other countries. So the wheat ban export uh, being criticized from the G7 or you know, the German agricultural minister saying that you know, if every country starts shutting their borders, the crisis would worsen is, uh, I mean, he's right. Technically, India's, this is India's moment for taking that a greater assertive role. If it uh, wishes to be seen as a Vishnu guru or a greater uh, you know, agent of uh, change in the global economic landscape. China is clearly hurting because of its COVID policies and um, the fact that many countries are not comfortable in terms of expanding trade relations with China. Uh, they are with, with India. Wheat uh, is not something we were exporting at uh, max before, but the Russia, Russia was the largest sort of exporter of wheat. Um, and India's, India was uh, increasingly being seen as the second substitute. Um, so if you look at the numbers last two, three months, um, wheat exports were very high in the Indian, from, going in from India to other countries. Despite high wheat prices, this is important as well, which means there was a sense of urgency in demanding greater or higher quantums of wheat from India. Um, Ukraine also supplies a lot of wheat and with the whole conflict with Russia, of course, the supplies have been hit. Uh, Argentina, distantly far, geographically very distant. So it's, it's difficult to sort of get in a lot of its supplies from there. The United States itself is battling a high inflation uh, crisis in its own domestic territory. So India was being seen as that key actor right now to step in. Um, and more than what the G7 are saying, uh, I think internationally and even regionally, uh, this damages India's reputation as a credible export thing player. Right, so uh, this brings me to my final question, sir. You know, at a time when the Narendra Modi government is attempting to increase its exports and, you know, reduce its trade deficit, could you maybe elaborate on the various economic implications that this will have, as well as on the, you know, the, the adverse impact this could have on 
India's image as a credible exporter. Yeah, which uh, just to I mean uh, continue with the last point that I was saying, um, there is a, there is a damage to your reputation when you suddenly you know pull the plug and and say well we are banning wheat exports overnight. Um, trucks get queued up, existing contracts would be questioned, um, and you know economic arrangements and partnerships work work mainly on trust and your ability to trust your partner to deliver on future promises. Uh, that's the way financial markets work. That's the way uh, you know everything else happens in the way the economies transform and, and change. Um, the intervention of policy or the intervention of the state in terms of uh, deciding uh, a unilateral action, which has not been deliberated upon before, unless and until happening in a moment of exogenous circumstances or, a, or an emergency, um, is, is difficult to fathom. My uh, sense is that India is going in the direction of having a lot of free trade agreements at this point of time. It does wish to have better trade deals struck with countries and which which means that bilateral relations between countries will be tested in how better uh, a deal might be struck uh, going forward and with banks such as this one clearly um, the 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 image of a nation in terms of its ability to deliver on promises and economic arrangements and contracts is is definitely brought into question yes uh, as a developing country, a lot of countries may understand that, yes, you have a high inflationary problem or tax. But as I said earlier and before, there are many ways to phase out uh, an exodus of exports by keeping a higher minimum export price or imposing a tariff, which is a temporal tariff, in discouraging uh, you know high amount of exports and keeping your supplies in a higher amount on the domestic market. Uh, I would also argue that this is this is the moment where, for farmers in India, which have which which have been you know sort of always left on an unfair deal being received from the state, uh, if the effort to uh, make India, which is largely an agrarian economy now as well, you know, in terms of our rural population, largely most of the rural population works in agriculture, um, this was a critical moment for us. Uh, in order to deliver uh, and expand our economic partnerships, many countries in uh, agribusiness and agricultural goods. It's not just about wheat. Um, I think there's a lot more that could have come into play if things would have been managed or worked out better. Right. Uh, so thank you so much, Dipanshu Mohan, for joining me on this podcast today. Thank you. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode. But you can check out our detailed coverage and analysis of the government's decision to prohibit wheat exports on our website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.